This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. <laughs> the Hong Kong Parenting Club. Hello and welcome to The Club, Hong Kong's parenting podcast with me, Justine Garrett. And me, Bafothani. So, we need to explain The Club. Baf, what is The Club? The Club is, quite frankly, the most exclusive club that anyone can be part of. And the entrance fee, it's not a monetary one. Oh no, <laughs> it's way more expensive. You have to have a child or be in the process of having a child. Justine, how much money have your children sucked out of you? All of it. Yeah, I mean, like, if you were to equate that to, like, how many cars worth of money do you think you've thrown on your children? Several Lamborghinis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you on this one. That's yeah. how expensive yeah. and think expensive they're worth it. Is. Well, look, once I need that liver or kidney, <laughs> yeah, I think the investment's going to pay for itself. You're definitely going to need a new liver, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> This episode, we have a guest on who's going to educate us all about adoption in Hong Kong. That is a big topic. Yeah, that's a, a big, big one. Topic. That's a yeah. biggie. I don't know how we're going to handle that with the level of, you know, sincerity and depth that this topic <laughs> deserves. We're also a light-hearted bent. <laughs> no. We're going to have to be serious sausages for that one, I think. Yeah. Literally have no idea. It's something that yeah. my wife and I, you know, talked about. Yeah. Both in how do we ad- get our kids adopted by other people, <laughs> as well as as well as actually, you know, maybe we should definitely adopt a child because there are many childs that need a good home, and we yeah. could provide one. And it's so many hurdles, so yeah. many, and and I just don't know. It, I wouldn't even know how to begin. No, I have no idea either. So yeah, our guest is going to go through everything with us and um, hopefully educate us. I oh, can't wait. I can't, can't wait, wait for this chat. Bav, you've got a newborn baby at home. Yeah. How's it going? Oh, bloody hell. He's a, he's a bundle of joy. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you crying? <laughs> I'm just enjoying uh, how quiet this soundproofed recording I studio is. I know. Um, it's just glorious being here right now. He he's he's fine. Like he's putting on the weight. He's you know pooping. Mm. And out, being... out of ten, what would you give him? 
He's got some skills, yeah. right? Like he's latched on straight off the bat mm-hmm. on the boob, like a pro. Mm-hmm. Didn't even need like Babylon number one. Like he was the worst at getting onto the boob. Not his superpower. This <laughs> this guy, oh, loves the nip. Loves the nip. Straight on there. Yep. <laughs> so that's his superpower, and also shitting like a pro. Oh, great. Yeah. Talking about shit. Yeah, go on. <laughs> so it was Hong Kong Mother's Day recently. Yep. Uh, kids really spoiled me. Oh, that's nice. Joni especially. Yeah. He shat on the floor of a restaurant. <laughs> yeah. So hang on. But surely she's wearing underwear or something, right? Like, like oh, yeah. surely there must have been something blocking. Yeah. How did she achieve this? Did just, she... just wait. Yeah. So we'd had a nice day on the beach and we were coming home and we popped into Calimax. Classy. Love Calimax. Yeah. Couldn't be bothered cooking. So I was like, all right, let's go out for dinner. Anyway, kids have been great. And then Joni went, went quiet. <laughs> she is renowned for a Sunday shit. <laughs> She's famous for it. She went quiet. I fucking knew what that meant. So I felt her bum, yeah. little, little nugget in there. Yeah. Take her up to the toilet. Yeah. Nugget's gone. <laughs> <laughs> Go back down to the restaurant to see my son's eyes like saucers. Yeah. And I was like, what's happened? And he just points under the table, <laughs> shit on the floor. Yeah, that was that was Mother's Day for me. Um, first of all, was the poop like a solid poop or was it like a? Thankfully, this time it was good. That that yeah. makes a world of difference. There are a few questions of my own, like how did it get out? Yeah, did she take it out? Because because she because she had underwear because you took her there, yeah. you took the underwear off, yeah. and then and you also patted the bottom, which is a yeah. classic parenting move. Yeah, going oh yep, there's something there, mm-hmm. and somehow it magically got dislodged and fell on the floor. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal. Yeah. I know it's impressive, to be honest. It is. I, I got another question. Right? This, yeah. is, this is. Like, I think. Okay. This, I think this divides the kind of parent you are. When your child has shat themselves, mm-hmm. um, is your go-to thought great? I want to take these clothes off and just throw them in the bin. Yeah. And because we're parents, we always have changed your clothes with us and just put them in the new change clothes. Or are you the kind of parent that goes, "I'm just going to wash this off in the sink in the toilet, and then I'm going to uh, pack this up in a plastic bag and take it home with me to wash"? Which which kind of parent are you? Bin them straight away. Hundred percent. Yeah, in the bin. My wife's the the, the other one. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. I'm not carrying it around. I'm not carrying it around. He right. shut himself. <laughs> no, not... He should carry it around. Right. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. No, I'm with you on this one. You bin it. Bin it. Yeah. So many pairs of underwear have gone straight in the bin. Oh, no, I mean, I think this is one of the joys of parents. I think every parent has a shit story. Oh, yeah. I mean, multiple shit stories. And it's always been on, on planes. Mm. You know, we're coming into land and 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 suddenly there's like a repulsive smell from Babylon number two. Mm-hmm. And and you just look at him and you pick him up and, and there is shit everywhere. Down his trousers, on his shoes, on his socks. We're literally about to land. The seatbelt sign has just gone on saying we're about to land so we're then for like a, well we can't we, we actually can't even do anything in this situation we just go to and he's now getting uncomfortable covered in shit and he's starting to throw a little bit of a tantrum oh no so now now and he's been beautiful for the rest of the flight you know and, and yeah. now we're going to be those parents with the crying kid <laughs> as we're coming into land where they, and it's just shit everywhere <laughs> And and then you have to and you can't even then use the toilet once you land. You have to go out on the oh, plane, find God. the nearest toilet, yeah, and and then do the change. It was. I've had that uh, happen here in a Hong Kong taxi, <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know what to do. It's everywhere. Yeah. 
is he gonna is the driver gonna notice is he gonna smell that what i just so, don't know so you do. just fled again it's just your <laughs> emma you didn't even own up in that one you just no. you just gave him the dot the money yeah. and then just ran, left just ran away amazing yeah yeah i always know when Jolie's doing it because she she starts staring off into space <laughs> I can, I can, i've watched her do it before she just gets this glazed over look in her eye <laughs> and it's done it's too late i don't know why she saves it for a sunday as well i don't know if it's like she's a bit tired she had a big weekend it's way to bond with you now <laughs> you're a busy working mum and this is her way to get some guaranteed one-on-one time i think it is she likes a little <laughs> legs akimba in the disgusting public toilet while i try clean her up so a lot of people when they talk about getting pregnant they always think like the hardest bit is like the nappies and the poo situation so it's n- that's nothing. Oh, I mean nappies. You, I mean you know. We, I mean a. There's equipment. Yeah. Have you ever done that thing where you put your finger in to see if there's a poo in there, yeah. but your finger's in the poo already? Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, so often. <laughs> uh, for me, like I, my my usual tactic is to actually uh, just do a side peek on the nappy. Mm. So you lift the nappy up, and then just where the tie uh, meets the nappy, you mm. just pull that pull that apart mm. to see what's there. And and more often than not, it's fine. But mm. sometimes there's a massive poo. Yeah. It's like literally just that, and you got shit on your thumbs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, under, and, under your fingernails. And, under your fingernails, <laughs> and, and it's like I was about to pour. <laughs> <laughs> Mastermind kids questions. So we've got Kirsty here. Hello. Hello. Um, she's our lovely guest who is going to be talking to us about adoption. But she's also going to be joining us for Mastermind Questions. Woohoo! This is a weekly segment where we talk about the insane stuff our kids have asked us. Although, I don't know if it is insane. It's so simple, the stuff they ask. It's, I mean, it's so simple to the point where you think, I wouldn't have thought that you could dissect this down <laughs> any further than what it is, right? It's like... So I'll just go with my example because, it, I mean, it's not very interesting, but it blew my mind. Harrison was like... So, does it have to be your birthday for you to be born? And I was like, including <laughs> <laughs> the name. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, it, it's your birthday because that's the day you're born. He goes, yes, but he he fought me on it completely. Yes, but it has to be your birthday, right, for you to be born. I was like, yeah, like it's a pre like pre designed date. <laughs> yeah. but I was confused by the end of it. On. I was confused. He was he was mansplaining to me at the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm now I don't know. I don't know what the answer is anymore. But that was Harrison's one this week. Bab, how about you? Uh, so my my son came came to me because he's he's learned that if you chop a worm in half, and again I don't know if this is an open myth or not, but if you chop a worm in half, both parts still remain alive. Really? And well, that, yeah, this is what he told me, oh. right? And I I have yet to even do the research on this. How old is he, Bab? He's seven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and then he said like, well, if you chop a woman half, then does and they both parts stay alive, then does one part exist with a mouth and no bottom, and does the other one exist with no mouth and a bottom, <laughs> and do they ever grow a mouth and a bottom back? And which they... and which one would you rather be? I mean, it has to be the mouth without the bottom. <laughs> yeah. right? Hands down. Right? Although, would you then just explode eventually? I mean. <laughs> Well, we really need to give this some thought. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I've not done any research on this. I have no idea what the answer is. That is a slam dunk of a question, in my opinion. It's a bloody good question. Yeah, our um, so we have a six or nearly six year old who 
it's just starting to work out where babies come from. Oh, nice. Oh. And we are we're quite open with him, and we don't want to sort of sugarcoat it or use the stalk, <laughs> the stalk story. Show him a porn. Get the porn on. Again, he's, you know, <laughs> do it in an age-appropriate manner, haven't you? <laughs> so he sort of roughly knew how it worked. We told him that a little bit of the daddy and the little bit of the mummy come together, right. and then a baby grows inside the mummy, and I'd sort of left it at that, stupidly. <laughs> and about 6.30 one morning having a very early breakfast because we're early risers. Thanks, kids. Um, <laughs> he, uh, he said to me, well, mummy, how does the baby get inside the mummy? Okay. I was like, okay, yeah, valid, valid question. And I, I, had sort of, I haven't really given it much thought. It's early in the morning, but no need. He's got it sorted out in his own mind. He yeah. came up with some very interesting theories without prompting. And you know he's been thinking about this. He's clearly given this <laughs> yeah. a lot of thought. Yeah. He's been lying in bed. I also slightly worry, like, has he seen this somewhere? <laughs> because his very first theory was that the daddy puts his arm inside the mummy and puts the baby there. <laughs> then said, oh no, well, you know what, mummy, daddy's arm is quite big, isn't it? <laughs> like, okay, well maybe he does it with you know, like a big stick. <laughs> or maybe, maybe the, is it the handle of a hammer? No, that, uh, this is all getting it's very specific. Very specific. Um, yeah, so it was very much, a, do you know what, darling? I'm not sure. Go and ask Daddy. <laughs> so they, Harrison, said he's playing with like a doctor's kit and he goes, oh, these are scissors like to cut your tummy when you have a baby. He knew I had a C-section. And he goes, but how does the baby get the milk from the tummy? And I was like, oh, oh, no, the milk's from the boobies. And he goes, what? <laughs> <laughs> he honestly nearly fell off his chair. He was like, what? He was like, owie, oh, that must hurt so much. I was like, yeah, it does. Yeah. It really does. They're such city kids, aren't they, as well? Like, cause I would have seen, you know, cow. well, it came from the country, so, like, cows, you know, animals in general, drinking the milk from yeah. the boobies. <laughs> Our kids, no. 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 My kids last night because um, they're curious about like what does breast milk taste like obviously because they've forgotten mm. and uh, you know we're, we're startling the bottling the proce- the bottling process um, and there was some leftover boob juice and uh, <laughs> please don't call it that it's, that's disgusting <laughs> I'm sorry uh, there was leftover milk 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 yeah yes. that's what you well, call there it there was a word for it yeah <laughs> there was leftover milk um, and and then Ravi he's literally just opened up the, the, the milk bottle and then he just went and took a little swig and he goes Salt. It's a bit sweet and bitter at the same time, <laughs> and and then just like childbirth. Yeah. <laughs> I felt repulsed watching him do it, and I'm thinking, but he's already done this before. Like it's not, and it's not repulsive. It's it's milk. So like, it's, you, it's, like it's so nutritious. So why? So I don't know. It's just weird. Have isn't you it? not had a little taste then recently? No, I'm vegan, so. <laughs> I clearly did not. Although apparently, if you adopt you can stimulate enough to produce breast milk. Really? What? Yeah. I read this in a book, so it must be true. Amazing. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, I guess not, we... Not something we went <laughs> for, I'm afraid. Well, I guess we found our segue. <laughs> it's yeah. the reason why Kirsty's here. <laughs> the Hong Kong Parenting Club. 
Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. So, Kirsty, the reason we asked you to come on is so that you can talk to us about how you got your two beautiful children. Yeah. So, yeah, what what led you into adopting? Um, so, like most people, we had got married. Well, not everyone, but we got married, and we started thinking about having kids. Um, you assume at some point you'll have kids, and you'll probably do it in the conventional way. But we had actually talked about adoption even before we got married, and sort of discussed it might be a cool thing to do, something for the future to think about. And we've been married a couple of years. We've been trying, and nothing was happening. We'd had all the tests, and you know, it seemingly everything was fine. And to be perfectly honest, we got a bit bored of the scheduled sex. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out, diarising it really takes the fun out of it. <laughs> And I had peed on enough sticks to create a raft. Um, and so we were, we were just a bit bored with that with that part of life. So um, the first thing we did actually was like, right, you know what? We're just going to do something fun and exciting, something just for us, something that, you, you know, is easier to do when you don't have kids. So we moved out to Hong Kong, which was um, actually where my husband grew up. And... Um, hadn't really given it a lot of thought we've been here for about a year and we're like you know what you know nothing's happened still and maybe we need to start thinking about what our options are mm. um and I think at that point we knew like we love Hong Kong we were having such a great time here we had great friends and we knew we were probably going to be here for the long haul so we we're like right okay well we always talked about adoption um what are our other options we're like IVF fertility treatment mm. you know plenty of people go down that route but you know what we've always talked about it why don't we just look into it let's research it um, and see see what the deal is and I am one of those sorts of people who I get an idea in my head and I just run at it <laughs> full speed <laughs> I'm like right we're going down this route and I just you know read everything I could find I googled everything completely scared myself off the idea as you do when you google and then thought <laughs> well, maybe I should probably try and read some more reputable media uh, so I read a few books on adoption um, and the best thing we did was speak to some people who'd done it um, because mm that meeting or the last meeting we had with them was the meeting where we were like yeah this is for us this is totally for us it fits you know let's make something positive out of what is really just a bit of a shitty situation you know you you know it's not much fun and this would be a great way to build a family and um yeah so we called the social welfare department handed in an application form and yeah i think 
two and a half years later, we had two beautiful children. Wow. So that's yeah, amazing. There's a lot that went on in those two and a half years. <laughs> yeah. Essentially from A to B, that's how we got wow. there. Wow. I mean, I don't know a lot about adoption, but that seems like quite a short amount of time compared to what I've heard. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we, we sort of had it in our minds that, you know, surely the application process will take a year. And then we know from, you know, the media tells you that you wait and you wait and you wait, um, which is true for some people. And I think we just got super lucky and we actually didn't end up waiting very long for either of our kids. Um, one of the reasons was, which I'll come to you later, we, we were open to adopting harder to place kids. So um, there's a lot of them in the system. Uh, and so we were matched really quickly with both of our kids. And yeah, two and a half years is a very short period of time to go from no kids living in Soho right. to <laughs> two children, a dog living in Clearwater Bay. It's <laughs> like pressing fast forward on, yeah, on life. Yeah, very much so. There's so many, like, <laughs> like, I know you can't break down two and a half years worth of work into yeah. two seconds, but like, like roughly, like what what is what is that process? So you um, you start by you can either use an agency. So most people's experience of adoption is that you go to an agency and you're given a big book of photos of children that you can choose. Right. And that is very much not how it works. Okay. Uh, certainly not here. Anyway, you you register with an agency and the first job they have is to learn about you, right. to learn about what you're looking for, what's your life been like, what's your experience of family, um, and and a whole part of that process is about you. Um, because their job is to match children with the right family and they can't do that if they don't really understand you yeah so the application process itself is the longest what well, was the longest part for us where you fill in I mean just reams of paperwork mm. so much paperwork um, you have to hand over all your documents like things like degree certificates I, mean, I haven't seen <laughs> mine since I got it I don't know how on earth do you find those um, why not do you need a degree certificate you don't I mean a, I, we don't need a degree to have kids the natural way. Exactly. <laughs> like it's. I mean, you don't need a degree, but if you tell them that you have a degree, they need to see the certificate mm. for it. So it's very much like that. If you put it down on the form, they yeah. need supporting evidence and, and for it. And being in Hong Kong, is the paperwork in English or? Yeah, Chinese? it was in English. Um, it was it was in dual language. Um, and actually, something to bear in mind once you go through the process here, you're operating in what is for most people a second language and the process is set up for a second culture it's mm. not our culture yeah there may be questions you come across where you think that is phrased terribly <laughs> that is enormously racist and it's not <laughs> meant that way it's the way it's been translated or it's just the blunt nature of the culture here um but the the application forms itself it's a little bit like filling in one of those forms for a graduate training scheme where they ask you, you know what are your strengths and weaknesses <laughs> What are your plans for being a parent? What is your parenting style? I have no idea. I don't have right. any children yet. Um, and at the end of it, they, they give you a job that is, you know, 20 hour working days and your boss is an asshole because <laughs> he's two <laughs> and he throws actual poo at you. <laughs> you know, it's a it's obviously the hardest job. Um, so, OK, you've done the paperwork, you've done the application form, you find out you've got a little a, a baby so we we've actually done both we um once you've sort of finished the forms you have lots of interviews and they come around look around your house etc um you're then placed in a matching panel every three weeks mm -hmm. um it's a little bit like peeing on a stick every month it's that <laughs> yeah. kind of anxiety yeah oh which i'm sure you'll appreciate Bab. Yes. <laughs> um 
and they will try and match you with a child and all that you'll get is a phone call if you are matched um how how do they decide then so they'll look at the families who've been approved um what they're looking for so you are allowed to specify what you're looking for and that can be as specific as you like you can tell them you want which sex you would like what age any number of um medical issues that you you will and will not accept uh, the backgrounds that they've come from where they've been living since they've been um surrendered for adoption you can be as specific as you like Mm. um the more open-minded you are the more chance you have to be matched with a child because you will be going into a panel your social worker will be presenting you to a a panel of social workers who have got x number of children and they will want to find the best match for that kid based on what you've said and what the child needs um if you are matched with a kid they literally call you and say congratulations like you're pregnant (laughs) and uh and it's like finding out you're pregnant and two weeks later you have a baby because two weeks later they're in your home two weeks later you meet them or for us it was about two weeks from us saying yes you're presented with like a medical file you don't get a photo you don't get anything anything other than their medical file and their circumstances and you have to make a decision based on that it's it's not like i think in other countries where you can go and sort of meet them and and kind of play with them and see what they're like you you don't get that it's not how it works here Mm. you say yes or no based on this this file full of what can look like really scary information because it's a whole (laughs) heap of medical information that you don't understand so um yeah we we sort of ran through ours with with a gp and and sort of trying to understand what what it all meant but yeah if you say yes yeah two weeks later wow. you are meeting them for the first time and usually around about two to four weeks later they're living with you so that's it's, incredible yeah it's that, super fast forward that's process. really especially after waiting yeah. doing all the paperwork waiting yeah. for the application forms yeah it's a yeah hugely emotional process oh, <laughs> I mean, I can you imagine, imagine that anxiety and the, all the years of waiting you've got behind that if you've yeah. been in that situation yeah. so is, is yeah. there any way they can match you with someone and then take it back um I believe that once they are the parental rights have been signed over to social welfare, yeah. that the social welfare then have to act in the best in- interest of the child. So they have to then consider whether actually if the birth parents do want to relinquish them, is that in the best interest of the child? So yeah. I can imagine here it's fairly rare because yeah. you, you know there's got to be pretty severe circumstances for them to be relinquished. Yeah. And for them to have signed that paperwork to say, yeah. yes, they can be adopted. I, I was so. actually going to ask you... What is the circumstance generally behind the kids here that are up for adoption? Um, a real range, um, like most places. Um, it, it can be anything from like neglect or abuse, but also bearing in mind the, the, the situation in Hong Kong, we have a lot of domestic helpers here, so right. some of the kids will have been born to helpers who cannot support them. Mm-hmm. Um, it, can be an, it can be anything, but the majority of kids will have come from either, you know, neglectful or drug or alcohol backgrounds or where they're just single parents and don't have the funds to to look after them but yeah i mean it's a real mix yeah most most countries are like that i think yeah in the uk um when we were looking into like adoption and just 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 doing research into it there was a view that okay if you can have kids of your own that put you lower down on the list and if you got kids at home and so constantly and so basically if you were already a very experienced parent you were never gonna get a child like is that the same thing here in hong kong um there's a little bit of that yeah they will normally i believe try and match childless couples first because if you think about the kind of kids that are in the system they often do have extra needs right 
Um, and so you want a parent or a set of parents, it doesn't have to be a couple, but um, again, if there's two parents, you don't have children, you are deemed to be having, the, you know, you're most likely to have the most resource right. and the most attention that you can pay to, to that child who might have extra needs. So I think that's why they do that's tend to match that makes sense. childless couples first. But I mean, we know other families who've adopted, who already have biological children as well. Yeah. So it's certainly not a, a be all and end all. So fast forwarding. You bring baby or toddler home. What is it like the first few weeks? Um, I mean, we had two really different experiences. So we adopted our, our son. He was two and a half years old. Um, had been living in a childcare home since pretty much since birth. And we also then, his sister we adopted, not his biological sister, but our daughter. Yeah. She was uh, nine months old. So we've done sort of the toddler stage and the baby stage, both really different Um uh, we adopted our son first, so we had a two and a half year old first. Oh, that's a hard age, anyway. Yeah, that yeah. is. Uh, that is uh, yeah. Yeah, tough. it was. Um, th- the initial part of that process was incredibly hard uh, with our son because he had lived in a childcare home for his whole life, and he'd been cared for by you know incredible volunteers, really lovely women, and he'd been so well cared for. But he'd only ever seen um, Asian women pretty much oh. his whole life. So for us to walk in, we are a Caucasian couple, blonde-haired, bloke with a beard. We must have looked super scary to him, and right. he let us know that fact. Oh. He screamed and screamed oh. every day that we went to visit him. He, they would tell him that we were coming, um, and at that point they're, they're encouraging him to call us mommy and daddy, yeah. and he's screaming like he does not want to be with us. Um, yeah. Obviously, that got easier and easier over the two weeks that we were kind of meeting with him to ma- um, during the matching visits. And then once he came home, it was super quick when he, he sort of bonded with us and we grew as a family. And, and you would never know now that he'd been you know, scared of us. He's Aww. just super loving, really affectionate. Yeah. But yeah, that was so hard, so, so hard. Yeah. Because did, did he know any English words? No, he spoke only Cantonese. Yeah. Um, and being in an institution, kids often come with um, developmental delay because they just don't have enough one-on-one time. Mm. Um, so he had language delay as well. So he wasn't really speaking much Cantonese either. Um, but as soon as he came home, I would say within six weeks, he understood everything we said to him in English and within about six months he was speaking fluent English so yeah it's incredible what they pick up from a kid who was deemed to be delayed specifically language delay Um, Mm. so yeah it was incredible the turnaround if you look at our daughter our experience was completely different she was a baby so obviously she hasn't got any of that inbuilt fear of the unknown yet she hasn't Mm. reached that age so um, she was much easier and she was you know, placid and happy to be with us yeah. from day one which made it so much easier uh, but she was actually in um, a different childcare home and because she was a baby we would have to go in and play with her in the baby unit so there's like eight or ten other other little sort of little kids around and we got to know all of them mm. and that was really awesome because yeah. you know you get to know their little friends and who yeah. they hang out with most of the time um, and that was really nice to see but it did mean that I grew up quite attached to yeah. a lot of them because you do you know you're, yeah. you're you know they cry and there's only a few adults around Aww. you go and pick them up and, and cuddle yeah. them and stuff so that was super hard as well to leave them behind Aww. and that's a lot of my motivation for sort of advocating for adoption now is because i still remember those little faces and Aww. i just think oh how incredible would it be if, if yeah. they were put into a lovely family so um but then when she came home it got a lot harder because she didn't sleep 
Right. She woke every hour on wow. the hour for six weeks. Wow. It was brutal. Had, had she been like that in the hospital? No, she had apparently slept through. <laughs> 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 so she was just super annoyed to be, I think, probably the transition of moving from a room with 10 other babies yeah. and, you know, they snuffle and they make a lot of noise, mm, right, when yeah, they're they young. Do. So uh, she's probably used to having all that noise yep. and people walking around and checking on them and um, to a room where it's just her. Yeah. Um, I think maybe if we'd look back and thought about it, we probably should have put her in the room with her brother mm. because then it sh- at least she'd have had that kind of noise. Mm. But we didn't. We live and learn. Um, and so, yeah, six weeks of some pretty tired parents. Yeah. It yeah. was brutal. Yeah. I can only imagine it's like having a newborn. <laughs> Except you don't have to do all the healing at the same time, which is, which <laughs> yeah. is a great part of adoption. <laughs> yeah. You haven't just pushed a watermelon out of yourself. So. Bodies intact. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Would you do it for number three? Uh, very much no. <laughs> <laughs> One of the best things about adoption is it's really hard to accidentally fill in a lot of paperwork. <laughs> There's no little mistakes. No, it's very difficult to get an extra third, you know, third yeah. kid. So, now we we drew the line at two. We knew we always wanted two, um, and we were very lucky. Like we hadn't put a preference for for sex. We were happy yeah. with two boys, two girls, or. But we ended up with one of one of each, which is amazing. Uh, we love it. Pigeon pair. I was going to ask you, pigeon pair. That's a, apparently that's a pigeon, pigeon pair. Have you heard of that? I have not. No. What's so a that's, pigeon pair? Right. Go on. Go on, just <laughs> Pigeons are a little bit repulsive, so I think it's a nice <laughs> thing. Yes. Bab's feedback as well. Yep. It, it's just I think I don't know if it's like an old worldy term for like perfect pairs, a girl and a boy, pigeon oh. pair. Okay. Yeah, I know. Well, they Bab looks at me like that as well. <laughs> Um, so do the kids know about their biological parents? Yeah, um, in in one of the many books that I read specifically about adoption, not that I read any parenting books, which actually would have been more useful, <laughs> um, I read about all the incredible things you need to think about, which largely were irrelevant for us. Um, one of which was, you know, should you be open? What's best? Um, and everything I read said, absolutely. Mm. Um, the best thing for the kids is that you are open and honest with them from as early age as you can um, and actually that was the message we got from our social worker it was yeah. the message we got from the fr- friends we'd spoken to who'd adopted so we've always been really open with both kids we use a lot of the language the adoptive language around them even the time even the baby um because the more they're used to hearing it mm. the more they are used to it and they'll understand the meaning later yeah, yeah. um but at the moment we tell them about their their tummy mummy and their tummy daddy yeah. uh, and one of our kids also has some some half siblings so we talk about their birth families and uh i wrote a sort of a life story book with lots of pictures in it for oh, for our eldest um and we have some pictures of of some of his siblings and all the information we had we've put in there mm-hmm. and we talk about obviously second child you don't do any such baby books no i will no. I will, but <laughs> clearly. Joni's um, got no baby books, my yeah, second. Exactly. Harrison's got like three. Yeah. <laughs> like thousands of photos. Yeah. yeah. I, I opened her baby book and it was like, um, first word. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> when did she start walking? I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, so I've got to get on that. But yeah, yeah he, he loves looking through it, actually. Now he's sort oh. of at an age now where he's, you can see the cogs are turning. Mm. You yeah. can see he's starting to understand yeah. and notice that maybe other families look a bit different to us. And, mm. um, but the best thing for that has been that we, we do have lots of friends who are adoptive families. So 
he has his best friend is adopted it's Amazing. you know it becomes yeah. a bit more normal yeah. for him um but and it does create some kind of pretty heartbreaking questions and i'm sure there's plenty of that to yeah. come when he's older yeah. how much information do you have about his their birth parents um not loads it, the social welfare department will give you essentially everything they have they don't always have a lot um but yeah i think hopefully when he's older you know some kids just don't don't question it we've mm. heard from families where the kids are just like yeah i'm adopted cool and yeah. some kids where you know they've cottoned on really early and they want to know more and they, they really deeply think about it and it affects sort of their self-identity i guess mm. um, so mm. you don't know which way they're going to yeah. go so we just and open as we can and hong kong is a tiny place mm-hmm. um i mean has, has a thought ever cropped up that you might accidentally bump into the biological parents sure all the time and this must happen a lot, I guess, right. that where you kind of walk around and think, wow, like, mm. she kind of looks like my son. Yeah. Like, mm. I wonder. Um, I, th- I think, actually, the reality of you living in eight, it's eight million people, so yeah. you're still fairly unlikely to bump into them. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, it's yeah. definitely there. Um, yeah. And the hard thing is you don't you get information on their family at the time that you adopt them, but they don't sort of update you with anything further. So mm. we know about their birth families as at the date mm. we adopted them, but we don't know anything after that you know and and people move and yeah. change mm. and families change and mm. so yeah w- it will be interesting when they're older and they are able to ask for more information from the authorities yeah. whether there'll be anything yeah um and if the parents decided they wanted to see the kids are they allowed to uh here no um hong kong operates closed adoptions so that means that you don't have contact with the birth families um lots of places now operate open adoptions where you would have sort of letter contact or maybe you would have some face-to-face a couple of times a year um i think the uk is a lot more like that um because i think it would really help to sort of keep the memory alive and and Mm. for them to understand there's a real person yeah it's a real person behind that sort of you might have a picture but just a name maybe Mm. Uh, you can only really trace family when the kids are older um and they choose to to do that how do you think you'll feel about that if they um i thought quite a bit about it especially since we've had our second um and i think the overwhelming feeling is just that i hope they're okay Mm-hmm. and I would love for them to know how the kids are because they're yeah. great kids like I would love for them to know that they're fine and they're doing well and not to worry and and to just to thank them because mm. without their it's a sacrifice they made a sacrifice without that we wouldn't be parents yeah. and that's never far from my mind you know we're super lucky to have them mm. and it's never a case that they're lucky to have us like we're so lucky to have them so yeah I guess I guess I just want to say thanks and just yeah. hope they're okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were talking earlier about um, the things that, like, we thought were going to be the hardest parts of like being parents compared to the things that actually are the hardest parts. Yeah. But for you, was there something you were really scared about, really nervous about that ended up not being a big deal, and things you weren't thinking about that ended up being harder than you thought? Um, yeah, I think something that is talked about a lot with adoption, and it is often an issue, is um, like bonding and attachment mm. with adoptive kids. And it seems to depend on kind of what circumstances they're in um, at the time, whether they're in an institution or whether they're in foster or whether they're still with the birth family for a long period. Um, and that can throw up lots of issues that the kids may have with then transferring that attachment to a new family. And I was 
pretty worried about that, especially having had two weeks of a kid who did not mm. want to be anywhere near us. Um, so that was a huge worry. But I would say that just went out of the window as soon as both of them had been home, like maybe a couple of weeks. And you could see them starting to build that bond. And you could see my main worry is that they would never have learnt how, how to bond, how to love, how to build attachment um, with another person because they perhaps wouldn't have had a stable relationship with one person or a few people. Mm-hmm. Um, but it quickly, we quickly noticed that, that that can't have been the case because they were both very loving, but not in a, sometimes with attachment, kids can be overly loving with everybody they they haven't learned to bond with a person they're just friendly with everyone um which so that can be like the opposite end of the spectrum where you worry that they they haven't learned to bond and they're just Mm. being you know they'll go with anyone um whereas our kids were very clearly becoming attached to us to just us um as a family so yeah that that was something i probably the biggest thing i worried about beforehand mm-hmm. that for both of our kids turned out to be completely you know a non-entity but yeah wow this is like so fascinating yeah it's been an absolute mind-blowing conversation yeah I and really it's, yeah. Loved it. yeah, it's super too. different for everyone as well like every every family you speak to has had a slightly different experience so yeah it's really interesting to speak to other families to find out so I, I, think that, I think that's a great were. place to do like, it. How, how can we get in touch with people that have been through the adoption process? Like, is there a website? Do you guys have a, like a WhatsApp group? Like, how can we, how can people who are thinking about adopting get in contact and, and get, get the great information that you have in your head? Um, so the first thing I think we joined was as a charity called AFHK, Adoptive Families of Hong Kong. And they have a ton of resources on their website. Yep. Um, but most importantly, they organise um, meetings of waiting families. So families who would just let you in the same process. Quite often at those meetings, there'll be other families who have adopted. And they also have sort of events around the year. Um, two weekends ago, we had a, a, a meeting where just everyone got together. And it was, you always say this about adoption, it was like a, a United Colours of Benetton advert. Yeah. You know, you had every nationality under the sun all in one photo. It was brilliant. Amazing. Um, but yeah, they, th- that was a really valuable resource for us. Um, uh, Facebook groups. What was that? Mm. AFHK. AFHK. Yeah. Just whatever you can find, just build your network because you will mm. need it. Yeah. You know, I think everyone knows that when you when you have kids, you know, you, you have to have your tribe. Yeah. Yeah. and having part of a tribe that understands exactly what you're going mm-hmm. through mm-hmm. and who might have experienced something with their kid that you're going through and they can offer advice because there's I'd say 95% of our parenting is exactly the same as biological family parenting it's just you know survival it's survival <laughs> it's a mint chocolate mind fuck <laughs> yeah. but there's that extra 5% where you know oh my god does your kid do this? It's so weird. <laughs> like, and sometimes it's, you know, maybe it's adoption related. Most of the time it's not. You just yeah. got a weird kid. Yeah. <laughs> They're all weird. Yeah. All weird. yeah. So finally, do you have any advice for parents who are about to start this process? Yeah, I guess just um, be open minded. I think you especially um, hear the kids from all sorts of different backgrounds and um that a lot of the kids have sort of additional needs like ours did you know a delay or a language delay and that can look really really scary on paper right. um in fact the majority of the things that we saw in our medical files both of our kids looked incredibly scary 
but when you actually look at them and you see these kids you know that completely goes out of the window it means nothing and it's just something you deal with and that is the same whether you gave birth to them or not mm-hmm. right you don't mm-hmm. know what yeah. what challenges you might face so yeah. Yeah, just be open-minded. Um, you're so much stronger than you think you are, and I think every parent can relate to that. You, you have no idea what you can deal with until you're thrown in at the deep end. Um, and yeah, be be patient. I guess it's we've got super lucky. We were really lucky to be matched with two kids so quickly. We know families who've been the same, families who've waited for longer. Be patient, because one of the best things I found comforting about adoption was there will be a kid at the end of the the road you know yeah. it you know it's not like if you've gone down a, a route of sort of infertility and not really knowing and sort of that endless waiting and you don't know if you'll ever have a baby which mm-hmm. is true for so many people yeah. adopting is it, it kind of removes a little bit of that uncertainty you don't know when but you know you know pretty likely unless you're expecting you know a perfect baby on day one yeah. which you know is pretty rare um that there will be a, a family at the end of that um, and that was I found that really comforting having spent a long time waiting you know, mm-hmm. a, there's a certainty to it yeah. which you don't get um, with having a biological kid um, that's r- yeah that's great advice fantastic yeah yeah oh, I love that that was really informative yeah. <laughs> thanks <laughs> wow that was so interesting so much information and so many questions I've wanted answers to. Yeah. And seldom do you have a conversation where you go, well, that takes off that answer. Yeah. Awesome story. Really encouraging. Yeah. It made me want to adopt and I don't want any more children, but I, <laughs> I'm i borderline wanting to adopt now. I mean, I mean, my wife and I have talked about this a fair bit and now I can't wait to get home and actually talk a, just talk to her about this mm. conversation and, and hopefully it'll be a reason for her to download the episode and review it and on, <laughs> on where you get your and podcasts and follow <laughs> follow but I, I mean there's there was so much good stuff in there so much good stuff and I love that at least in Hong Kong that the admin side yes it's there but it's it is literally a box ticking kind of process yeah that you can go through and and once you've gone through that it isn't such an intrusive uh, uh, you know intrusive process as it is mm-hmm. in like the UK or something yeah. so really fascinating yeah awesome couple awesome kids and like really good outcome awesome yeah i feel buzzed after that actually absolutely we go out and adopt everything (laughs) (laughs) i don't think that was the lesson from this episode (laughs) i i really feel like you may have misunderstood (laughs) so we'll be back in the next episode talking about all things parenting and all the fun stuff that goes with it so you can find us at HK Parenting Club on Instagram. Obviously, you've listened to this podcast. If you haven't subscribed, please subscribe. And if you haven't reviewed it yet, hit those five stars and say something nice in the box. It will really help us gather the rankings. So if you've got any cool kid stories or any mastermind questions, we'd love to hear from you. And the number is... Nine, eight... No, oh, mate. Fuck. Oh. <laughs> right, let me try again. Nine, one... Two one four zero eight four. Nailed it. <laughs> Jingles, right? That's how you remember yeah, phone numbers. Fifth time round, but we got it. I'll just repeat it in case anyone didn't understand the sultry tones of Bav's singing. Nine one two one four zero eight four. <laughs> <laughs> what are you laughing at? <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Your voice. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Like, you're just like, nine one. <laughs> nine one, two one, four zero, eight four. Why am I shouting? <laughs> I have no idea. I don't know. But you, you went for it. Like, like, you <laughs> no. wanted, I, I mean, get this number out of me. I barked it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. All right. Well, thank you for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye. The Hong Kong Parenting Club. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.